And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday. Expository Thursday as we work together to know the letter better into the narrative of the book of Acts. We travel to understand what things the Lord requires of us as we learn to apply God's timeless truths in our lives. First, Agabus predicted. Okay, let's just stop right there before you go any further. Just listen to what I say. You need to understand this. Super duper important. Prophecy is both future proclamation. Okay? This thing is going to happen in the future. And revealing the heart of God at the moment. You say, well, how would you know that? Haggai chapter 1 verse 13 states, Then Haggai, the Lord's prophet, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you. See, so right there, present, the heart of God, right there. I am with you, declares the Lord. Now, that is the now. So you have prophetic words that are future, and then you have prophecy that also operates in the now, sharing the heart of God. Many people operate in the church today with this gift. They just don't call it that because people don't like calling things like that gifts. You probably have done that too. You've probably spoken to somebody sharing the heart of God at the moment. That was prophecy operating with you and through you. This is why Paul said, I want you all to prophesy. That's what he was talking about. And if you just do it without labeling, there's nothing weird about it. But don't forget, and we're going to get into this in the text, there is the future stuff too. We'll get to that. Next, it says, by the Spirit, a great famine is coming. So wait for a second, Agabus. How do you know that what you are prophesying is from the Lord? In other words, here's a guy in church in one of their meetings. He stands up and he goes, a great famine is coming from the Lord. Okay, that's a predictive prof- prophetic moment, right? And so how do we know it's from the Lord? It's an excellent question. Here's how you know it's from the Lord. Ready? If it comes to pass, it's from the Lord. And you say, but Dave, in the Old Testament, there's a zero tolerance policy. Stone the person if it doesn't take place. That's right. But in the New Testament, there's a test all things policy, not a stone the person policy. You get the difference? By the way, Agabus didn't make a spectacle of it like most people seem to want to do, which is just weird all by itself. And then finally, after the prophecy was confirmed by fulfillment, the family of God rallied to help their other family members, the people who had sent help to the people who didn't have enough. No government, no requirement, all voluntary as God prompted their actions. Governments do not often follow the wisdom or leading of the Lord. We'll close with this. Optics don't work in Christian charity. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at. 
during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that call, get ready, because you'll be talking to... Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, because you are talking to kid a dynamite. Dynamite! Let me tell you what it feels like to talk to Dynamite D. It's like getting in the car, turning on the radio, and your favorite song comes on right as you get into the car, and you're just like, all right. That's what it's like to talk. Yes, though. To dynamite D. Isn't that nice? Right? You get it there? It's like, yeah, Very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, here's the bottom line. Maybe you've got an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question. Maybe you've got a question, a thought, an opinion, or a comment. Maybe you've got an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, or any of the combination thereof. We want you to have that opportunity to share it. We love it. We think it's great. If you want to have uh, something you want to share about a praise report, awesome. We're there for you. If you have a prayer request, we want to join our faith with yours and pray and ask the Lord to help. We want to participate with one another, strengthen one another, bless one another, and encourage one another. We also want to see if we can answer Bible trivia. Here's your first question for this segment. Which one of Jesus' disciples was formerly a tax collector? Huh? Which of the 12, which of the 12, which of the 12 was a tax collector? Oh, he's an accountant. Okay. Uh, 972-445-0770 is the number to call. 214-210-8483 is the number to text. Then David at he must org. That would be the email that you could uh, reach out to us in. I do want to, we do have somebody who's calling in. Before we get there, I just want to let people be, have people be aware I did give out the giving receipts. If something came wrong or it wasn't right or something was bad or something was weird, let me know so that I can correct it. And if it's great, you don't have to let me know. And if you didn't get one and you should have got one, let me know. Was that? I think that makes sense. All right, let's go ahead and send the person through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How are you today? I'm doing good, Gary. I'm feeling uh, feeling good. Yesterday, I got to tell you, you would appreciate. After I shared that testimony yesterday, I kind of got a little bummed out. I was like, "Wow, I really did go through all that weird stuff," you know. And it's kind of like there was a sulky moment there. But uh, Noel talked to me about it when I got home, and uh, I feel a lot better today. So sometimes when you review that, some of that harder stuff, man. The pain comes up, and you're like, ouch, that really hurt, you know? That was weird. But I'm doing but much better, better today. better today. Yeah, much better today. I'm just feeling good. Feel, feeling a lot, lot thank, better. Thank so. God. Amen, brother. Amen for, gra- Amen for grace. That's all I can say. Amen for grace. All right, here we go. Here we go. This is a classic question. Which one of Jesus' disciples was formerly a tax collector? It was Matthew. That is correct, Amendo, sir. 
And I think it's, uh, I, you know, because Matthew wrote to the Jews, of course, his gospel's first, you know, to the Jew first, then to the Gentile kind of men- mentality. But I still think it's ironic that it was a tax collector who's got the first book in the New Testament. It's kind of like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, wow! <laughs> That's interesting. Just kind of an interesting approach. So, excellent job, my brother. I appreciate it very much. And I'll be praying for all of you, and God bless you. All right. Thank you, bro. Bye-bye. I love Gary. All right, so uh, don't forget about the giving receipts. All right, let's get into this thing. Uh, this is uh, Agabus. I want to get into this Agabus uh, story because it's really kind of uh, fascinating. I think stuff like this is fascinating. Okay, so you have to bear with me. Sometimes I get overly excited and so on and so forth. That's just what it is. Uh, Acts chapter 11. Now, keep in mind, when we get to Acts chapter 12, I'm telling you right now, the second half of Acts chapter 12, I call the divine comedy, the real divine comedy. When we get there, you'll understand. It's just so wonderful. It's one of my favorite uh, portions. But let's go back over here to uh, verse 27 of Acts chapter 11. It says, During this time, some prophets traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up in one of the meetings to predict by the Holy Spirit that a great famine was coming upon the entire Roman world. Okay, so what I want to say about this is I want you to, you know, everybody's like, we want to be like the early church. We want to be like the early church. Uh, Most people don't want to be like the early church because, again, they were willing to sacrifice their lives for sharing the gospel. We don't want to be embarrassing to our neighbors, so I'm pretty sure we're not quite to that place yet. Uh, and then in this portion, it's talking about during the during this time when the, as there's growth. Remember, uh, we had just had Barnabas go out uh, to Antioch, and uh, there was uh, there were believers out there who were just uh, you know they were preaching to the Gentiles. They got saved. You know, Barnabas goes out there. He's like, wow, look at all the stuff that's going on. Again, he demonstrates brilliant leadership style by doing nothing and telling them to do nothing different. Because God was at work, so just like, okay, let it go. Let the Lord be the Lord, and we can trust him for that. And so during this same time, prophets traveled from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them was named Agabus. Now, you don't get a ton out of Agabus, but you get a mention. And I was like, if I'm thinking, if I'm in heaven, I'm thinking, yeah, I got named. I'd be pretty happy. (laughs) right? I'd like to be in the book like that, right? One of the oldest and the greatest book. I'll take it. I'll take it. So he stands up in, in one of the meetings. Now notice that the way that, the, the, that it's structured or the way that it's saying it, it's not, it, you're not hearing dun-dun-dun. Like, it's not like, uh, you know, this big production or this show or it's nothing like that. They're together. They're praying. These are people that prophesy. They're gathered together. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit reveals something that's coming. I'm just like, hey, there's a famine coming. So he shares that. He stands up and he goes, the Holy Spirit's told me that there's a great famine coming on the entire Roman world. Now, let me explain something to you. That's a massively huge prophecy. That's not one you can really get wrong in the sense of it either happens or it doesn't, right? It's like big, right? And and again, in the Old Testament, zero tolerance, right? In the New Testament, the Bible says we test all things, right? 
And I understand some people are trying to you know learn or develop, and it's not the same that it was back then because now we have literally we have instructions on prophecy, on sharing the heart of God, and on future predictions. I mean, all of it. So it's it's a completely different structure. None of that matters. Here's what matters. The Holy Spirit told this guy this thing is going to happen, and he shared it. Can we please, and we talked about this in the prior thing, but can we please stop trying to say the Holy Spirit doesn't do that? Of course the Holy Spirit does that. Does he do it uh, with, like, all the websites that are out there and all the presents? No, you know those flashing websites? <laughs> it's like, buy this magic rock. You know, it's like, come on. You know better than that. But does God do that anywhere on the planet for all of the 7 billion people? You don't think that one person might hear the voice of the Lord about something that's coming down? Of course somebody's hearing that. And in this particular case, the purpose of the prophecy being proclaimed was to what? Listen, what was the purpose? And that's always, always go back to what's the reason? God is going to send help through the church to other Christians. Not somebody's going to get a title, somebody's going to wear a badge, somebody's going to get a trophy. God is going to help his kids. That's the purpose. Any gift that's self-serving is not from the Lord. Any gift that's body-serving and encouraging and strengthening most likely is. I mean, that's just... The simplest of simple tests, right? All right. We'll take our break. I could do this for a really long time, so I better break right now. Take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Since the dawn of the Internet, people have been looking for a website they can be proud of without costing an arm or a leg. People want a quality website to promote their ministry, business, hobby, or passion. Introducing Cowpunch Sites. Cowpunch Sites can help you create and maintain a quality website. From design to security, Cowpunch does it all. Cowpunch is a family-owned and operated business, taking a fresh approach to business. Lots of clients at lower prices. Make mom happy. The most significant benefit of working with Cowpunch Sites is that you work with real people, not cheesy templates. No outsourcing. It's $57 a month, and there's no setup fee and no cancellation fees. When you go to cowpunchsites.com dad. That's cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's me. Oh, did I mention that it's $57 a month? Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull. Um, Dave, this is a nice radio station. Oops, sorry. That's Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull-oney. There, that's better. Cowpunchsites.com slash dad. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Do you know how you keep going? Do you know how you keep putting one foot in front of the other? Do you know how you don't give up? 
Do you know how you don't quit even though you want to quit? You fix your eyes on Jesus. You see with God. When Peter went out of that boat and stepped on that water, there is no natural principle in the world, in, in, in any normal universe, that would allow Peter to walk on water. But he did one thing well. He looked at Jesus. And as he was looking at Jesus, the Bible says he walked on the water. He looked at his situation just focusing at Jesus. Then he took his eyes off of Jesus, and he saw the winds and the waves, and he sank. He lost the correct attitude when he stopped seeing with Jesus in the picture. Whatever you see, whatever you face, whatever you encounter, do not see it or face it in the natural. For we walk by faith and not by sight. So everything you see, you must insert the picture of Jesus. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Getting ready for our next trivia question. Here we go. It's a little harder. you got to think about this. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said this. Are not even the tax collectors doing that? What was he referring to? And Jesus goes, aren't even the tax collectors doing that? What was he talking about? Wow. Remember that one? It's in the Gospel of Matthew, so now you don't have to go looking through the other 65 books. It's in, this, it's in Matthew, right? And ironically, we just did one on tax collecting. And here it is again. Are, are not even the tax collectors doing that when Jesus was talking and teaching? What was it Jesus was referring to that the tax collectors were doing? <gasps> Aunt Deb gets the pow pow before I even finish up. Nice job, Aunt Deb. Nice job. Uh, if you think you know the answer, 972 you can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Now, I have a joke. <laughs> and uh, so I want you to get ready for this joke. Now, I can't remember if I told this. Sh I got two jokes. One's shorter. I can't remember if I told this. So if I tell it, can you remind me if I've told it before? I mean, it would be with we'll you. Do. I okay, will do. I will. All right. Here's the first one. It's a little faster. Ready? Uh, I think I told this before, but it's just so funny. I had to tell it again. The teacher asked her class of five-year-olds, do any of you remember Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, who they were? The silence, there was silence in the classroom. Can you tell me who Paul was? Nobody responded. Well, said the teacher, getting impatient. Surely you can tell me who Peter was. And a tiny voice came from the back saying, I think he was the wabbit. Holy Jesus. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Did I tell that one before? I don't know. It's I feel like you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> or, or if it was, it was a little bit while ago. All right. This is a good one, but you got to listen. So, so strap in. Here we go. The proprietor of a country store who professedly ran his business strictly on biblical principles would always quote a scripture 
whenever he rang up a sale on the cash register. For example, if a little boy bought some candy, the owner would say, Mark 10, 14, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. If he sold an article of clothing, he would say, Matthew 6, 30, now shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith. And one day, a stranger came in looking for a particular kind of hat. When the stranger asked if he had a more expensive hat, the owner produced a hat, which really was the same price, but he said it was $25 more. When the owner rang up the sale, the customer departed. Bystanders in the store wondered how the owner would fit this shady deal in with the scriptures. Finally, he said, Matthew 25, 35. He was a stranger, and I took him in. Hey, Mo! Hey, Mo! You get it, he took him in because he, he, he cheated him, so he took him in. Okay. All right, we'll just move on now. <laughs> just moving on. People are like going, what is wrong with you people? Who knows? In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said, are not even tax collectors doing that? What was he referring to? Eric also coming on board with that one. That's a tough one. What was Jesus talking about? We'll get to that in a second. Let's go back to the rest of this text in Acts chapter 11. We're picking it up at verse, uh, the rest of verse 28. It says this, so Agabus stood up uh, in one of the meetings and predicted by the Spirit that a great famine was coming upon the entire world. This was fulfilled during the reign of Claudius. So there's your confirmation that it happened, okay? This was fulfilled. Verse 29, so the believers in Antioch decided to send relief to the brothers and sisters in Judea, everyone giving as much as they could. This they did, entrusting their gifts to Barnabas and Saul to take to the elders of the church in Jerusalem. So if you look at the text, you have this prophecy that takes place. It comes to pass. The church decides, you know what? It's really tough for those guys in Jerusalem. Let's do this. Let's send them some dough. Okay? That's what they're going to do. Send them some dough. It's all right. All right? The amount that everybody had to give was as much as they could give. How much is that? I don't know. It's as much as they could give. It doesn't say they gave every single thing they had. They gave what they could give. Does that mean that they emptied out their bank account? I don't think that's what it's trying to say. I think it's trying to say they gave what they could. Whatever they could give, they gave. You know, it doesn't say they went broke over it. They gave. It was a sacrifice. I'm sure it was sacrificial giving. What's the amount? Don't know. What's the percentage? Don't know. Here's what I know about the principle. Ready? It was as much as they could. Okay. And they gave, right? They gave. It's a special offering, right? You don't, you don't give... Typically, you don't give percentages in special offerings, but that's besides the point. And they entrusted their gifts to Barnabas and Saul to take to the elders of the church in Jerusalem. It's nice that, that, that Barnabas was trustworthy. He was already trustworthy. It's amazing that Saul steps in with Barnabas because, remember, Saul was kind of a bad apple prior to this. And now he's, uh, he's uh, helping bring the money over. Well, that's, that's amazing. That's a major step, having confidence in people to watch the money. That's uh, cool, but that's... The brothers and sisters in a different area heard that their brothers and sisters were in trouble, and they responded. They did not respond to their next-door neighbor. These are two different cities. And they cared about one another. And 
what was great about the early church is that they all cared about one another. And they didn't segue into, well, we're Jews from Jerusalem, and you guys are believers over there in Antioch, so we don't really have a lot in common. That is not how it went. The nations were against the people of God, and don't be surprised if that comes about again. And with the nations being against the people of God in mass, the people of God stood together, and they took care of one another. And so they, they sent relief, okay? We can be a relief for some brothers and sisters depending on the situation. In this situation, it's money. In other situations, it could be labor. In other situations, it just could be time. It could be listening. It could be prayer. It could be Bible studies. It could be anything. I don't know. It could be whatever it's supposed to be. They just cared enough to care. And what Christians do, and unfortunately we do a little too often, is we just want to make sure. We've got to make sure everything's good at home base. And then if everything's good at home base and we've taken care of everything, give you all the kids and the grandkids and the great-great-grandkids, all the extra stuff, then if there's anything left over, this is not how the early church, that's not how the early church functioned. They thought of one another as family. If your brother or sister, let's say you had a good relationship with them, <laughs> so you should probably preface that. If you had a good relationship with your brother or sister, and your brother or sister called you and said, I have no grocery money, what would you do? Right? That thing. That. That's what we're talking about. That's the level of love. By that love shall all people know you're my disciples. That stuff. Does that make sense? Okay. Isn't that, it's like, okay. So the early church was, the reason they were so good is they were just authentic. It was, it was so less program-oriented and so much more just, <gasps> they're hurting? Let's help them out. Now, Dave, why does that seem to be missing in our <laughs> current day? That's a three-hour show right there. <laughs> three hours. You start, start with lack of word of God. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Second, start with nobody seems to be asking for the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 11, verse 13, he'll give, he gives the Holy Spirit to all that ask him. Third, some people are so self-centered they could care less about anything else that's going on except for their universe. It's like, wow. wow. It's like, wow. And talk about embarrassment. Not only will they not be embarrassed, they won't be bothered. <laughs> it's like, wow. wow. Ouch. All right, let's go uh, to the— <laughs> to the trivia question, because i got to wrap it up. Uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said, are not even tax collectors doing that? What was being referenced, what was being referenced is loving those who love you. In other words, Jesus says, are you loving people that love you? Even the tax collectors do that. And this is kind of an important text because, all right, I'm going to say it. Uh-oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Spare me the emails. But Dave, they're Democrats. <laughs> Come on, don't lie to me. Uh-oh. Uh, on the Democratic side. But Dave, they're Republicans. <laughs> it's like, wait, so you only like or love like-minded people? It's like, that's what the that's what the that's what the, the tax collectors did. And Jesus goes, Yeah, that's not cool. Wow. Remember the love your enemy thing? <laughs> so, that one gets level. skipped over. Uh, I'm just going to stop right there. There's just way, just think of Jesus. Goes, that's 
That's what the tax collectors do. You can just see he's like going, so? All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? I got this this morning, and uh, and it came from Alice Coleman. And I just want to say, she said it's a praise report to share. So I am assuming it's okay to share since it's a praise report to share. I kind of go with it. And I want to read it, if that's okay. And I just want you to hear how brothers and sisters petition. I mean, petition the Lord. And there's times where God says, yes. Listen to this. And she even writes it uh, beautifully, beautiful job by Alice, by the way. This uh, may seem like a minor issue, but it could have gotten much worse quickly. I'm I'm fostering Mama Cat and her four kittens until they're ready to go to their forever homes. On Tuesday, I got a bit too close to the Mama Cat, and she swatted my hand. I had a few scratches, so I cleaned them up and applied antibiotics. In just a few hours, I had a swollen hand, red with infection, and it spread beyond my wrist. My doctor had same-day appointments if needed. However, I didn't have my car since it was being repaired. The only thing left was for me to pray for healing for my hand. Isn't that amazing that sometimes get, you're in the position and the, the, the only thing left to do is call upon God? She writes, as I watched the infection spread over my hand, my hand began to throb. I knew I needed help. I asked God for healing over and over again. On Wednesday, it looked really bad, and I kept asking God for healing. Let me just commend Alice for push, pushing until something happens. About mid-morning on Wednesday, my hand quit throbbing. Then I noticed that the infection was no longer spreading. Later Wednesday, the infection seemed to be getting smaller. By Wednesday evening, it was definitely clearing up. By bedtime, the infection was gone away. Thursday morning, the infection was completely gone. I praise God for healing the infection. It was only by his intervention that my hand was healed. It's amazing that our great and holy father can care so much that he is willing to heal a hand infection of one of his children. I think that's a fantastic testimony. So mega props, mega props to Alice for doing that. Great job. And I hope that was okay that I shared it. And see, the point is you can pray. You can approach the Lord. And the Lord, you know what? He might say no. I like what Troy said. Sometimes God will say no. It's like that's the end of it. You're done. But sometimes he allows you to keep petitioning. And the reason he does is because the more you pursue him, the closer connected to him you become. And more of your genuine, real faith has to emerge. See, if you just asked and God did it every time you just asked one time, it'd be like God would be like a genie. Well, God's not a genie. He's your heavenly father, needs to be pursued, wants to have a wonderful relationship with you. And so the more you pursue, the more he gets to spend time with you, which is what he wants in the first place, what he wanted with Adam and Eve. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Getting ready for your next trivia question. Oh my, this is going to be a challenge for people who do business. Ready? 
according to the law of Moses in Exodus. What must people not do when lending money to the needy? Okay, that's not a business loan. But when lending money to the needy, what must people not do? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. Additionally, you can send an email, david at he must increase. Dot org. I'm going to send you up to the website. We do have somebody calling in. We'll have them grab that line, but I am going to send you to the website before I bring them on. And the reason is because I want you guys to be aware of a couple things. Number one, when you're praying for one another, one thing that I, I was praying about today, and I'm just sharing it with you because it's the stuff that happens to me. I was praying for the audience, and so I try to pray for everybody, kind of remember everybody and so on. Uh, one of the things that I just really felt in, in, impressed upon or just kind of came to my mind was that, that people's hearts are troubled, and we just want to pray that people's hearts would not be troubled because what is it that Jesus said? He said, let not your heart be troubled. <laughs> so we want to pray. Okay, let's do that. Let's do what Jesus said. Number two, don't forget about praise reports on the website. And number three, don't forget that's a place to give. Please check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. <laughs> that was way too short. That was it. That was all there was? All there is. That was the flash going around the world only twice as opposed to 10 times. That's exactly what it was. There you go. All right. <laughs> All right. We have somebody ready to answer trivia questions, so here we go. Send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Oh, uh, we lost him. Was that Samson? Of course. <laughs> Give us a call back, brother. He, he, he needs a new phone. Boy, if somebody needs a new phone, it'd be Samson. Okay? I just want to say that. Uh, the trivia question is, uh, according to the law of Moses in Exodus, what must people not do when lending money to the needy? That is the trivia question. If you think you know, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email to david at org. Let's hope that Samson's not frustrated and speaking in a third tongue. Uh, let's go ahead and do our history because this is a good time to do it. So let's do history. Let's go All right, uh, let me give you the history. Uh, I think uh, Samson did call back in, but we'll, he's got to wait just a little bit. Today is National Pharmacist Day. Not always easy to be a pharmacist, I can tell you that. Uh, I've seen a lot of pharmacists take a lot of abuse, unfortunately. Uh, today is National Hot Tea Day. I drink hot tea once, twice, three times a day. Always. Always, right? The callers don't know that, do they, Dave? Yeah, no, I mean, I have a 20-ounce. He's a tea connoisseur. Yeah, I got a 20-ounce cup here. I mean, it's 20 ounces. I mean, I drink that every single day during the show. And then at night, I drink uh, Sleepy Tea. 
So it's just that's what it is. Uh, today's also curry curry chicken day. Curry chicken day, which I like curry chicken. Do you like it? I, that's what I was going to ask you. Um, hit or miss, but yes, but I don't eat that a lot. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you got to love this. There's two things. I remember sharing this last year because I just think it's one of the funniest things. There's two things in a row. One, in 1980, this is the day where nobody beats Vitis Gerolitis 17 times in a row. Let me explain this to you. After losing 16 matches in a row to Jimmy Connors, Vitis Gerolitis finally won a match. Commenting on the win, he said, and let that be a lesson to you all. Nobody beats Vitis Gerolitis 17 times in a row. Because <laughs> he lost 16 times prior. Interesting. <laughs> it's so funny. All right, and then finally, uh, 1966 on this day. And for those of you that know this, you should be pretty happy. Batman, the TV series, debuted. It starred Adam West and Burt Ward. Uh, there were so many famous characters. Burgess Meredith, Cesar Romero. Julie Newmar, Eartha Cat, Roddy McDowell, Art Carney, Shelley Hinter- Shelley Winters, Vincent Price, Liberace, Milton Berle, Jaja Gabor, amongst all of that. I mean, there's just so many stars in that. It's just amazing. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and send our brother through. Let's go ahead and get him through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? You there? You there? Sound like another phone thing. <laughs> Hey, my name is Samson. Hi, Samson. How are you? At least we don't hear a dial tone. <laughs> That's true. All right. We're just going to have to wait because we got to get back to the, the teaching, then we'll do it at the end. <laughs> it's not his fault. I had to do the, the history. We're already online. All right. Let's go to this next portion of the text where he's calling right back. So he's ready. All right. Send him through. Send him through. So, Samson, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh. And either the answer is either interest-free or do not expect back. Okay. Interest is what we were looking for. Usury is what we were looking for. Excellent job! <laughs> it doesn't mean they could never charge interest, but you couldn't charge interest for the needy. A business loan was different, and you couldn't expect, you shouldn't expect back either. But that's the that's the more the gospel thing than it is the, the law thing. But you couldn't charge interest especially excessive interest and to the needy no interest because they're needy that was the whole point good job buddy thank you i'm glad you were see how persistent you are you were able to get through three times it took you nobody keeps sansing off the phone more than three times nobody (laughs) (laughs) all right love you brother thank you for you and our beloved audience all right we're everybody's praying for you too brother thank you all right (laughs) <laughs> all right. Shalom, everybody. God bless. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Let's get into this text because uh, I don't want to get too far behind. Acts chapter 12, verse 1. So now we're in Acts chapter 12. We actually made it to Acts chapter 12. Okay. That's pretty good. We're, uh, now, the second half of this uh, chapter is the funniest portion in the Bible. But we're not getting there yet. But it is still the Funniest portion, but we're not getting there yet. All right. Acts chapter 12, verse 1. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. Okay, now, uh, well, here's what I want you to catch before we even go any further. Remember, it was Saul who was persecuting the church before, right? Right? 
Now it goes from religious people to political powers. Oh, interesting. And so now the step up has happened. It's moved to another level, and the government is going after believers. You're right. It it won't happen here. (laughs) Sure. Anyway, (laughs) sure. What do you think I'm trying to prep everybody? Anyway, so about that time, King Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. Now, what are we talking about here? Peter, James, and John. This is the James of Peter, James, and John. This James did not write the letter of James. The letter of James was written by the Lord's brother, James. And we find out in Acts 15 that he becomes the head of the church or the the, the, the point man. But this is one of the three, Peter, James, and John. John lives till he's forever and a day because he he, he writes uh, uh, Revelation in 96. So, I mean, this is... John lives longer than anybody as an apostle. Peter's not going to die, although he's going to get tossed in prison. James bites it first. Okay? Look at what it says. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish leaders, he arrested Peter. Listen to what happens. There is a group that does not like the gospel people, okay? Remember, uh, even for those teachers who, oh, Christians was a negative term in Antioch in Acts 14. Well, that's fine. That's 48 AD, but by 64 AD, the word Christian had become a fabulous term, and Peter said you should rejoice that you're honored to be called that. So a short uh, 16 years later, that changed. But here's what I want you to get. There's a group that doesn't like Christians, doesn't like people of the way. Paul's a part of that group. There are all these religious people that are fighting to keep their theory intact. Now the government steps in and is persecuting And when the government sees that all of the radical other people love that that Herod has killed James, he goes ahead and arrests Peter, goes after more. Because the people who were against the faith are now being fed destruction of their enemies by the state and the state's doing it and they're loving it and guess what to please people and keep people happy people do a lot of things including kill or destroy apostles or believers prophets the whole nine yards just look at what's going on just read if you just read verses one and two in acts chapter 12 you just know wow that's not good oh of course that's not good And Herod saw how much it pleased the people that he had killed somebody. Herod was all about living for the praises of the people that were under him, that he was in control of. When people live for the praises of people, Christian people get hurt. Just so you know. When a Christian lives for the praises of people, the heart of God gets broken. How about that? 
that be the truth, right? When you live for the praises of others, you're breaking God's heart. When the world does it, Christians get hurt. When you do it, you hurt God. You hurt God's heart. Get it? All right, we'll take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? What's happening is the churches and uh, educators and our government and everybody is too concerned about being politically correct. And what's happened is the walls have fallen down, and we need to rebuild them, and we need to build them back. And the only way we can do that is with God's people taking a stand. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And I will say, especially in regards to the political correctness, it's just man's attempt to establish their own righteousness apart from God. And that's why it has so much confusion attached to it that nobody can figure out what's going on because it goes all over the place. Well, the the only hope for America is is not the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. Uh, Our hope, my hope is in God and his people taking a stand uh, this coming uh, election season. And uh, let's get men and women in office. And again, I'm not telling people to vote for but we need to take a stand for God's truth and his righteousness. Yeah, that's fa- fantastic. I just want to thank you and extend a thank you to you for taking the time to come on the show, sharing with us, giving us that perspective. I appreciate it, and it was a privilege and an honor for me to have you on the show, sir. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. God bless. All right, God bless you too. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Pastor Franklin Graham. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMN 770, the truth station here in Texas, where we have our last trivia question. You guys should get this. Ready? In John's Gospel. In whose Gospel? In John's Gospel. So we got John's Gospel. Who is said to have stolen money... From the disciples' money bag. 
who is said to have stolen money from the disciples' money bag? Here's a hint. It is who you think it is. <laughs> That's a great hint. That's a really good hint, isn't it? Uh, (laughs) 972-445-0770. That would be the uh, phone number to call. 214-210-8483. That would be the number to text. And then David at hemustincrease.org. That would be the email. Uh, Great show today. I mean, just flying by. Just lots of stuff. I mean, I love shows like this. A lot of teachy stuff. So I like doing that. You know me. I'm going to just like. And then a lot of challenging teachy stuff. And so somebody is calling in, so we're giving a chance uh, to answer the trivia question. And if you really study this portion in John, I just want to say it's amazing how this particular disciple in the other Gospels is whining about things. Uh, and then you find out that he's all of that's just because he's a thief. Uh, go ahead and send him on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Oh, hey, you're talking to Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How you feeling? I'm, we're praying for you a lot, so I just want to make sure you're feeling. I, I know you're not going to have all your answers, but I just want to see how you're feeling. Well, I'm feeling great. Oh, well, that's good. That's good news. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. So, anyway. All right. In John's Gospel, who is said to have stolen money from the disciples' money bag? Was it Judas? That is correct, Amanda! What what is most amazing is he's the instigator about, well, why wasn't this money sold and then given to the poor? And the only reason he said that was because he had access to the money and he wanted to take from the money, which tells you just about how the government works right there. It's like, why wasn't this given over here? And then while nobody's looking, go, I'll take some, I'll take some, I'll take some. I mean, it's like, how is that not just evident? It's just so weird. Excellent yeah, job, Deborah. Excellent job. And everybody's going to keep praying for you regarding your cyst and praying for you for your eyes and uh, keep just keeping you in prayer and loving on you before the Lord. Okay? Thank you, and I'm praying for everybody in the audience, too. I appreciate it, and everybody appreciates it, and we need it. And all of y'all. <laughs> God bless you. Is she there? Okay. Great job, Deborah. All right, thank you. Y'all have a good afternoon. All right, bye-bye. All right, uh, now here's this last portion. Listen to this. Wowzer, you think we're going to end up thin? You'd be wrong. <laughs> Let me say it that way. You'd be wrong. I don't know where that goes. <laughs> You'd be wrong. Uh, about that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle, of Je- the apostle James, John's brother, killed with the sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish leaders, he arrested Peter during the Passover celebration. Desperate situation, isn't it? It's pretty desperate, right? Herod now moving over from Saul. Now Herod doing the persecuting. Wow, the government's into the persecution part. Wow, I'd like to talk to you about that uh, in regarding our tax situation, but I'm not going to do that right now. Here's the bottom line. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish leaders, he arrested Peter during the Passover celebration and imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Now, I'm not brilliant, but four squads of four soldiers is four times four. 
Last time I checked, four times four, something around 16 or so. So there's 16 soldiers around Peter because, wait, because Peter is menacing. No, it's not because he's menacing. It's overkill. It's optics. There's nothing going on here. There's zero reason. In fact, they probably could have put him with a duck. It wouldn't have mattered. He wasn't going anywhere. And so here's Peter, and he's just you know sitting out there, forced with 16 soldiers. Herod's intention was to bring Peter out for public trial at the Passover. Just so you can understand what public trial meant, he was going to have him executed. He was going to be a sham trial. I don't know where we've heard that before. And it was going to have to do this whole thing and try to have persecuted. Guess what the church did? Verse 5, but while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Uh, what you've heard me say to you a thousand times on this show, no matter what you're saying to me, I understand what you're saying, and we've got to do this politically, we've got to do this, I, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. When the political powers took one of the most powerful men in the kingdom declaration and imprisoned him with 16 prisoners for overkill, what did the church do? They prayed. All of the stuff that people come up with, I know. But what is it that you are supposed to do? It is God who can change the hearts of people and God alone. By his truth, by the Holy Spirit, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and he turns it in whatsoever direction he desires, the Bible says. And so it's important for us to understand what the church did. What was their tactic? How did they approach this situation? What did they do when the persecution increased and one of their own was slighted to have a sham trial and, and ultimately they probably intended to kill him? What did they do? Did they storm the castle? No. You know what they did? They prayed and asked God change this. This is disgusting. You already know Peter's not preaching uh, any kind of violence. He's preaching the gospel. This is not a political war. This is Peter talking about people living forever because they put faith in Jesus. That's the war. And the church's tactic, which ironically is we'll get into is amazing, but the church's tactic is to pray. And in your tactic where you're dealing with your situation, it's to pray. Because every time you think you can control it, do this, do an end run, change this, rearrange this, order this, coordinate this, you're going to find out every time you think you get the ducks lined up, it's not only the enemy is shooting at your ducks, but many times it turns out to be that God's shooting at your ducks going, stop that, stop that, stop that. I'm in charge. Bring it here. Right, and so you just in your in your heart in your mind you gotta go. Oh, I gotta I gotta stop doing this. I gotta stop trying to, you know. And again, and you've we've talked about this numerous times. You, you do everything you can, whatever you can possibly do, and then when you've exhausted every single possible thing, you fall on your face before God. See, that is not what God wants. God wants you to start off by praying. Not go through everything first. 
and then you've oh, got nothing left. Might as well pray. That's not a lot of faith. That's called desperation. How about faith? Which means we are proactive in the prayer department. Well, I don't know, Dave. What can prayer do? Anything God wants. How's <laughs> that? So, so prayer can change. Can prayer change our country? Yes. Can prayer change the world? Yes. Can prayer change this people or these people or theirs? Yes. Can prayer raise the dead? Yes. <laughs> just keep going. Just keep asking the question so I just keep saying yes. Right? Here, I will give you the one place that there's a no. Will prayer uh, uh, give, give some form of affirmation for sin? No. Okay, there it is. There's a no. There's the no you get. That's it. The tactic, pray. Why? I shouldn't even ask that question. Right? All right. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're going to take a 22 and a half hour break, then we'll come back. More insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsor.